The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's 10 minutes after 8 this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Darshan Mutley. Coming up on the Forum at 8 this morning, we're examining some of the challenges that face small and medium enterprises in South Africa. If you work at one of these, if you've been trying to start a small and medium enterprise, share that experience with us. Send us an SMS on 34701 or give us a call today on 0891104208. Are you a struggling small business? Are you gasping for air? Why are you finding yourself in this tangle of red tape? Is it regulation? Or is it the bully boy tactics of big business? Give us a call today and tell us what is it that's affecting your business, hurting you from getting it off the ground. Is it strict regulation or is this often cited problem of a lack of funding? Is that still the case? There's so many organizations, uh, development institutes, incubators that have funding. Is that still a problem and is it still an issue for you to get funding to get your business off the ground? So give us a call today, 0891-104208, SMSs on 347. Let's start the show with an example of a small business that became rather successful in South Africa. Margaret Hirsch is the Chief, uh, Chief Operations Officer of the National Appliance Store, Hirsch's. Margaret, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, and a very good morning to you too. Margaret, last year Hirsch uh, has earned the title as uh, the Lifetime Achiever Award at the 2013 Sunlum Business Partners Entrepreneur of the Year. I mean, how, how did you get to where you are? I think a lot of people see you in a very enviable position. Well, you've got to understand, it was a long, hard haul. It didn't happen overnight. And I think that's the problem with people today. They want everything is instant, and they want success to be instant, and it really isn't. It's a lot of, a lot of hard work, a lot of ups and downs, and it takes a lot of courage to get through. So you have to know that it's not going to be easy, but you, if you just set your sights on what you want, if you know what you want, you'll definitely get there in the end. What, what lessons did you learn along the way at the very beginning of getting your business off the ground? Well, I think the, the most important thing and the part that I try and get across to the young entrepreneurs in South Africa is you don't have to have a fantastic education. My husband only has a past standard seven and I've just got a standard grade and a trick. So if we can um, now run a billion rand company with that type of, of education, it's not the be all and end all. Your IQ is important, but your EQ is equally important. You have to be able to mix with people to help people and to work with people. That's the most important thing. Has the conditions for work changed so much so that perhaps, you know, speaking to you is a bit dated. I mean, has, has the environment changed so much that, that today we're dealing with different, a different uh, situation than you dealt with when, when you were starting your business? No, all the basics are always the same. Nothing mm. changes with the basics. But what we've done, we've evolved our company a lot over a period of time. Remember, we started as just a repair company, and now we're the biggest independent sellers of appliances and electronic equipment in South Africa. But I think our success is that it's not only Alan and I, because you know, we're in our 60s now. Mm. But we're so fortunate that our daughter, Lucy, and our son, Richard, are in the business, and they're in their 30s, and they've taken it to a whole new level. What was the biggest hurdle you had to jump? Was it getting funding, getting someone to believe in you, getting the bank to give you money, as Tito Mboweni admits he had a problem getting money and, and raising a loan to buy a radio license? Currently, he's thinking about uh, starting a state-owned bank in order to do it. I mean, what was the biggest problem getting, getting started, and, and how did you overcome it? I think a lot of people put too much emphasis on the money. It doesn't mm. take money. We started with 900 rand. So you don't have to have a lot of money. But if you focus on having a, a, the money to start with, you've got to spend the rest of your life paying it back. 
which you should rather do is just say, God gave you a brain and two hands, and what can you do with those? I started my life washing hair in the hairdressing salon for 50 cents a Saturday morning. So that was the only resources I had. And I used them, and I saved up that money, and I invested it, and saved and invested. And I think the biggest challenge that people have is they want to spend the money when they get it. Don't spend it, invest it back into your company, because that's the way to go. Uh, more advice for aspiring entrepreneurs out there say they want to be in a position that you're in considering the people out there like the, you know the investment corporations willing to give them money what what should be the first thing they do well I wouldn't go asking for money if you ask somebody gives you money you've got to pay it back and you've got to pay it back with interest so you're going to be working and you're going to be paying the other person back rather work and pay yourself back that's a much more intelligent way of doing it. And I think if you just start slowly and invest back in your company, just work hard and continue to work hard. You can't, you know, you can have anything you want in life, but you've got to be willing to pay the price. And the price of success is high. You know, you've got to um, sacrifice your weekends. You've got to work long hours. There's a lot of things that you can't do because then you can be successful. But you can't do all the other things and still be successful. It doesn't work like that. Margaret Hirsch, thank you so much for sharing that story with us. It was a great pleasure to have you on this morning. Thank you very much. Margaret Hirsch is the Chief Operations Officer of the National Appliance Store, Hirsch's, uh, and one of those companies that's made a success from being a very small business to now being one of the leading businesses in South Africa, earning themselves a, a Lifetime Achievement Award at the 2013 Sunlam Business Partners Entrepreneur of the Year Awards. Well, let's introduce our guest now to talk more about this. Uh, Dr. Tami Mazwai is the Executive Chairman of MTIA Dynamics and also former Director of the Center for Small Business Development at the University of Johannesburg Soweto Campus. Dr. Mazwai, good pleasure to talk to you this morning. Thank you for joining us. Yes, uh, good morning and good morning to your listeners. Also joining us on the panel is uh, Takani Makuba. He's the CEO of the Small Enterprise Finance Agency, CIFA, you may have heard of it. Mr. Makuba, good morning. Thank you for your time. <coughs> Hi, Mr. Thank you very much for inviting me. You're most welcome. And Jonathan Marks also joins us this morning. He's the Senior Lecturer and Director of the Full-Time MBA Program at the Gordon Institute of Business Studies at Gibbs uh, University of Pretoria. Dr. Marks, good morning. Pleasure to speak to you as well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Dr. Marks, uh, perhaps I can start with you uh, because uh, something that, that uh, caught my interest was what uh, Ms. Uh, Hirsch had to say. You know, it wasn't the, the call for education that many people seem to demand right now in South Africa. We've got calls all around the country. NESFAS needs to provide more funding to the high-end education institutions. The DA even promising to boost the budget to 16 billion rand so people can have access to education if they need it and if they deserve it. But here you've got Margaret Hirsch saying, well, that call is a little bit disingenuous. She has a very basic level of education but is committed, a hard-working. The price is a heavy one to pay. You need to work hard. Yeah, I agree. I think Margaret's story was a wonderful one, but I think you've got to take it in context. The business has no doubt been around for a long time, and I would sense that when that business began, the competitive forces were somewhat different to what they are now. And I think as you start to build a footprint, maybe education becomes less important, but uh, your ability to work hard uh, you know, becomes more and more important. But I think today for young people finishing school or finishing higher education, and wanting to start a business, education is absolutely essential because the competitive forces are such that you simply will not survive. So I, I would take issue with Margaret and say that education is essential, even if it's just a matric. I think education is going to be critical, and if we want to change the fortunes of South Africa with respect to small business and entrepreneurship, we're not going to do that without an educated population. Dr. Mazwai, it's not a choice between education and hard work or sweats. It's, it's a combination of both. Yeah, most, uh, uh, most certainly, and uh, 
I really uh, think that uh, one of the issues that uh, perhaps when we look at small business, I mean, uh, we should rather uh, uh, take a rather holistic uh, uh, look at it and see it as an integral part of a human activity. Now, what that ha- now what has happened in South Africa is that because of our past, uh, the black people were sort of excised from uh, that part of uh, day-to-day activity activity and as thus they did not uh, evolve with uh, the economic uh, with the economy as other communities uh, have done and that's why you really find that this uh, huge gap in terms of uh, white and black uh, 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 entrepreneurship now uh, one of the points that uh, one has got to make is that I mean uh, when I talk of uh, looking at it holistically, you've got to understand the various forces that uh, influence the, uh, the, the entrepreneurial co- cognition of, uh, of people and also of, uh, uh, of individuals. Uh, for instance, I mean, uh, uh, not everybody is an, is an, uh, an entrepreneur, not everybody. Uh, so the, your, your, your speaker, Mrs. Hirsch, I think, or uh, and so on, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Dr. Maponya would be perhaps uh, those people who are natural entrepreneurs. Although I would agree with the last speaker that education is, is, is critical, but we must also take into account that when they emerge as entrepreneurs, uh, the, the state of the economy at the time, the, the level of opportunities, and, and so on. So it is very critical to look at the individual himself because some individuals mm-hmm. are just not entrepreneurs. And that is going to impact on their ability to run a business. Mr. Makuba, the, second, I, point that I, the I, second level is, yes. of course, the enterprise itself. Then the third level is the industry. In what type of industry is the person, and what are the factors that drive that industry, and to what extent is this person, uh, does this person have an understanding of those factors? And then the last dimension is obviously the environment, the social and uh, the socio-cultural forces uh, that uh, are part and parcel of the entrepreneurship of uh, people. So we've got to take these uh, whole uh, elements in totality. And that's why I will always argue that uh, funding is just one element mm. uh, of it. But, I mean, uh, you can, a small business can be given as much money as it wants, but uh, that doesn't guarantee success. It's the management of all these other forces that I've referred to, that will determine whether somebody succeeds or not. Because, I mean, obviously, I mean, things like market access, uh, uh, <coughs> things like market access, for instance, which go hand in hand with uh, what one would call opportunity, are, are, are absolutely critical. You can have money, mm-hmm. but if you don't, there is no buyer and seller at the end of the day then there is no business. Dr. Mazwai, we'll get back to that because there's a couple issues that we want to get into. Uh, Mr. Makuba, I, I want to touch on one of them with you. How, how well are we addressing that legacy of apartheid in South Africa and the imbalance that was created? Uh, you hear Dr. Mazwai talking about you know, the, the, the improper playing fields that people are dealing with, but, but we still remain one of the countries in the world that's not very easy to do business. We're ranked 41st in the world according to the World Bank. Have we really addressed that legacy of apartheid and the imbalances? Mr. Makuba? Uh, thank you, Desna. Thank you, Desna. I think we are, we are trying to address that, particularly if you look at the, 
Okay, Mr. Makuba, your, your line is breaking up. Mr. Makuba, just uh, hold on for us. We're going to try to clear that up. Uh, the CEO of the Small Enterprise Finance Agency, Dr. Makuba's line, a little bit scratchy. I'm just going to ask you to move around a little bit, and I think our producers are going to try and, and fix the line off air as well. Uh, so 34701, if you'd like to write in, we'd also like to read your SMSs. Uh, give us a call today, 891 uh, do you have a problem starting your business? What are the biggest challenges that you face starting a business? Are you finding yourself just gasping for air, struggling to breathe, and, and really just keeping your head above water? What are the factors that are affecting you? Is it funding, as many people allege, or is it regulation? And how would you like to, us to deal with those things? Are there other issues that we need to be looking at, like uh, Dr. Mizwai has indicated, enterprise, the industry, the environment itself that we exist in? Give us a call, 891 Michael Clark tweets me. He says, as an ex-medium-sized business owner, I was, ex, what do you mean, Michael? Are you a bigger business or a smaller? He says, uh, I was overwhelmed by the red tape, the union intervention and obstacles in getting government work because I'm white, which in the eyes of the ANC apparently makes me a racist. I employed 170 people, sold the business out of frustration, and today they're all unemployed and the business is closed. Uh, Mr. Makuba, I think we've got your line back. Uh, I want to address this question to you that Michael sends in about whether we've really addressed the legacy of apartheid and, and whether we've done any injustice against those who may have benefited in the past. Uh, thank you, Adesh. And what I was trying to say earlier was that uh, for the past 15 years, the government has put in place a number of, uh, of interventions to address this challenge for access to finance by small businesses. I mean, there are a number of uh, institutions that have been uh, brought to the fore to assist in trying to address the challenges of the past. Uh, what I could say is that uh, there's no challenge in terms of the, the availability of funding, as some of the speakers have indicated. It's not only the funding, but it's the support that goes with it. So if you provide uh, access to finance, you also need to provide support to these uh, small businesses so that they can be able to survive going forward. Yes, indeed, there have been challenges, particularly for small businesses that are owned by black people over the past years. But there are interventions that have been put in place, which I believe going forward, they can be able to assist small business development. I think we need to talk about where we find that funding, because we're still receiving SMSs that say our guests are lying about this. Uh, and Mr. Murray writes in saying, no matter what any one of your panelists says, Funding is the main thing. Banks just don't help, nor anyone else. The only way is your own money if you have to. We can see the former Reserve Bank governor even facing a problem when he tried to start a radio station, so we need to get into that. And Sakana Tutulwana also saying uh, from KZN, small business is the future. The song has been sung by government in this country since 96, but nothing happens. Is the problem funding? We'll get into that. Where do we get the money? But first, let's take your calls, 891 John gives us a call from Peter Maritzburg. John, good morning. Good morning, Dashing. Good morning to your guest. Um, I'm a small businessman entrepreneur. I came to this country in 1980 with 300 rand in my pocket. And I decided that I was going to try and do my own thing after getting a job and working very, very hard to save a couple of pennies. I think what is happening in this country today, they are spe- the, uh, uh, um, the, 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 the African entrepreneurs are expecting government to set them up, pay for them, buy them a fancy car, buy them a fancy house, and are really not too very well motivated to do things for themselves. Even the previous government, when I came here, they never gave me any handouts. They never said to me, listen, um, here's X amount of money. I had to do it on 
on my own. Do you admit, though, John, that your race may have been slightly to your benefit at the time? Not at, not at all. Not at all. I came as a, refu- as a refugee to, to this country. Well, regardless, John, you were still white, though. Did you not benefit from the government? But it doesn't say to me that I'm white, that I'm benefiting. Mm. Tell me, where, where are whites benefiting today? They have been sidelined completely by this government. I'm saying when you arrived in 1980 with 300 rand in your pocket and started a small business, what, what business did you start, first of all, John? No, I, I didn't start a, a small business then. I worked for five years. I went and got a job mm-hmm. for, for five years and tried to save as much money as, as, as I possibly could. And what business did you start? Uh, I will prefer not to say because um, I don't want all the other people trying to do the same business. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, what what industry can you tell us at least, John? Sorry. What what industry are you in at least? Can you tell us that? Um, in the timber industry. Okay, and the and the business is still continuing. It's thriving. Yes. Well, listen, it it uh, has thrived. Um, obviously, now um, with everything against us, um, it's it's like a, at a bit of a static stage because we find that the Labour Department are always on your back. I mean, we see um, a lot... Do, of do you mean against us as in against white people, John? Is that what yes, you're saying? Yes, definitely. There okay. is, there's definitely a purge against whites. Okay. That's for sure. Great, thanks, John. John, for that call there in uh, Peter Marisburg. No help from government. In fact, government hurting him, he says. Colin in Joburg, good morning. Okay, we'll get back to Colin's line. Uh, Daniil calling in from Rustenburg, good morning. Morning, sir. How Hi. are you? We're doing well this morning, Daniel. What, what would you like to tell us? Yeah, me, I'm a, I'm a young uh, entrepreneur. Uh, I just want to comment, first of all, on one thing. Uh, the doctor, I disagree with him when he said not everybody can be an entrepreneur. Mm. First of all, let's define the word entrepreneur. What does it mean? It means risk taker. I was working. I, I, I had to leave a job and went to be an entrepreneur. To be an entrepreneur, that means... You have just to be a person who's hungry to succeed and hardworking. On looking at again on the issues of funding, I tried my best to get funding, but uh, I realized I, I, I learned in the on the road it's not easy to get funding. All, all the institutions that uh, say they offer funding, they are lying most of the time mm-hmm. because sometimes they they have got a lot of, of red tapes. And some they, for instance, they'll ask you. Look at your credit record. Some of us, when we were starting businesses or we left, we were maybe on credit bureau because we could not pay certain things. They don't even look at each what made you to be on, 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 on debt and all those kind of things. To assist you, one thing they just tell you, we are on credit bureau, we cannot help you. So they don't look at issue whether your business can, can, can work. So how did so, you get the money then, Daniel? Okay, this is what I did. Uh, it was, this is what is called a Capital Versus Initiative. And I did, I looked for pro- a product on what I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. There are many companies who have got products in their warehouses, but they only need somebody can sell. So what I did, I looked for what I was passionate about, and I went to approach those companies. I said, you've got products. I believe I can sell these products. They said to us, to me, okay, we can even sign a seller agreement with you. We give you a discount and go and make money. For us, then you become your, your supplier. That's how I started my business. Did you, get any, even, did you get any other help from them? Any advice on how no, to run your business? No, I didn't get any. Even today, I'm still knocking at their doors because I want to grow my business. There is not, but I'm happy about what I'm saying about myself that I can still make money and without their help. So that I can show anybody who's waiting for them is they just delaying themselves. 
you can find something you can do by yourself and succeed if you are determined to succeed Daniel, and work hard. Thank you very much for that call there, Daniel, a young businessman calling in from Rustenburg. Well, you saw how he went about getting money. He didn't go to the big development agencies. No, he went directly to the businesses and said, give me money because I want to do this business. Uh, Pilelani Duma writes in saying, getting funding uh, is very difficult if you're not politically connected. One must join the ANC to get big tenders. Case in point, you're the Impersani in Durban, uh, the Impersani couple in Durban. Exactly 8.30. We'll get to that issue of funding, political connection, and uh, whether the apartheid government has uh, created some injustices here. John's saying uh, he didn't benefit under apartheid at all, and he worked very hard. We'll be looking at that issue, the question of funding and regulation. Right now, 8.30, time for your news headlines with Vibakshini Chetty. We'll get back to Rob Byrne with that traffic update shortly. Um, we'll also find out what's happening on uh, on Morning Live with Rowena Bird. She comes up short. Uh, sorry, Morning Talk with Rowena Bird coming up shortly. See what happens when Rob Byrne is not there. So Morning Talk coming up with uh, Rowena Bird at 9 o'clock. She's on the line to tell us what's on the show. Rowena, good morning. It's radio, not television, Darshan, remember? <laughs> good morning to you. Here's what's coming up on Morning Talk today. In the first hour, we will talk about the importance of promoting awareness of linguistic and cultural diversity and also multilingualism. It's one of the objectives of International Mother Tongue Day. It was observed on the 21st of February. It's in its 14th year this year. In South Africa, we, we tend to be moving towards a monolinguistic society. I'm not even sure if there's a word like that. Uh, what are the pros and cons of that? We're going to explore that together between 9 and 10. In the second hour of the program today, we have Personal Finance with Brian Hirsch, and today's show is an hour long. And do remember that Property Matters with Dineo Mulomo falls away, as uh, today is the last Tuesday of the month. So in that hour, Brian will be... Um, answering all your personal finance related questions and uh, we do look forward to receiving them and then finally in the last hour we will talk about homosexuality it was already illegal in Uganda but now there is a new legislation a uh, new law in that country that threatens to usher in an era of harsh treatment of offenders that could lead to widespread oppression of gay men and lesbians this is according to human rights activists we're going to uh, talk to the person who initially made this proposal. It was referred to as the Kill the Gays Bill. Mr. David Bahati is a member of Parliament of Uganda and is going to be joining us at 11 and so will somebody from the Coalition of African Lesbians. So we should have a very vibrant discussion and look forward to your participation as well. That's the show for today. Thank you, Darshan. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. 24 minutes to 9. Joining me on the line, Dr. Tami Mazwai, Executive Chairman of MTIA Dynamics, also the former Director of the Center for Small Business Development at the University of Johannesburg. Also joining me on the line, Takani Makuba, the CEO of the Small Enterprise Finance Agency, CIFA, Dr. Jonathan Marks, Senior Lecturer and Director of the Full-Time MBA Program at the Gordon Institute of Business Science, Gibbs, based at the University of Pretoria. Mr. Makuba, I'd like you to respond to Daniel, because he was saying, well, funding is a problem, and he says, well, everyone can be a risk taker. He's evidence of that. But he didn't run to you to find the money. He went to the doors of business. Mr. Makuba? Okay, it seems we're having a bit of a problem with Mr. Makuba's line. We'll try to get him back on the line. Uh, Dr. Mazwai, perhaps you'd like to deal with, uh, with Daniel's query. Well, I think that, you know, that we really... Um 
must avoid uh, extrapolate your personal experience into the general. Uh, uh, the, 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 the whole issue of uh, entrepreneurship is going to, uh, 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 how you get going is going to differ from person to uh, person. And, uh, and the fact that I said that uh, not everybody is an entrepreneur, I'm not talking of uh, a person of I'm just talking of a search that is easily available to everybody. 10% of any community will be entrepreneurs, and 90% are not entrepreneurs. They are not risk takers. And I'm talking of research that is freely, uh, uh, that freely, uh, that freely available. There are people who have started businesses, and then when the going gets tough, they have said, man, this is not, I'm not cut out for this. And they have, and, and they have just, I mean, abandoned the issue. There are some who, when they have not gone with the salary for two months, then they say, this is not for me. I want something much more stable, and so on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, 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 I think that, I mean, that uh, the fact that he is a go-getter, I mean, that he is an entrepreneur, and there's no doubt uh, uh, about that. So the, so, the whole issue of funding, like I said, funding is very critical for any uh, small business and for any business for that matter. But let us be very clear about it that it is not the end, it is not the be all. Once you've got funding, doesn't mean that you've got a successful business. You are still there are still other factors that come into uh, that come into play. Well, Doctor Marx, I'd, I'd like to find. Sure, Doctor Mazwai, just hold on because I, I I hear you no. saying that there are other factors that play apart from funding. Doctor Marx, we heard from from John SMSs writing in as well saying one of the other factors is that you need to be politically connected in this economy. How do you feel about that? Um, look, I can't speak through personal experience because clearly I don't run a small business, but um, I sense that there are sectors of the, of the market that maybe a political is a useful thing. But I, I think that we're a country in transition, and this is not unreasonable. And I would sense that if you looked elsewhere in the world, one sense of uh, network is important, and whether that's a political network or an economic network, your network is still of value. But I think the real issue here is, as I hear people call in, most people say money is an issue. Yeah. Where are the banks? Why are the banks not giving me money? Well, the bank's job is not necessarily to give you money as a startup business. The banks are owned by shareholders, and they've got to return um, a decent return to their shareholders. Um, government plays a role. Yes, fantastic. It's useful. But I think the shortage is not money. The shortage is good ideas. And that I think money always finds good ideas. So my sense is that many people starting small businesses don't have great ideas. They, they largely look like every other small business. It's a sort of clear replication kind of business idea. And I think as a result, investors, whether those are, are government or banks or private individuals, will not put money into those ideas. And then we hear from, from the young man who called in earlier, was his name Daniel? Daniel, yes. Yeah, I mean, such a classic entrepreneur. He yeah. recognized the fact that money was not going to come from a traditional source, mm. and he used his suppliers to finance his business. Absolutely fantastic. Do you agree that this is an isolated example, as uh, Dr. Mazwai alleges? I don't think it's isolated. I think that there are probably thousands of people like Daniel, maybe tens of thousands. And I think that's why at, at the start I said education is so important, because as we create a mindset for entrepreneurship, those those sort of strategies will naturally bubble to the surface. 
but it's not going to happen with our current education system, both at school and at, at higher education, and it's not going to happen organically just because we will it to be so. It's going to happen because we train young people to think that way. Mr. Makuba, what can you do to help people like Daniel and others out there who are looking for funding? Yes, in FCPA we have got funding that is available for young people. I'm not sure how old is Daniel, but we have funding available for young people as well as those that would like to start, grow, or expand their business operation. And we provide funding, for example, for an athlete less than the run to five to five million rand. And we have set aside, for instance, 6.4 billion rand over the next five years to provide that access to finance to small business. And the young people, for instance, we have got 1.7 billion rand available. So I think the challenge that uh, uh, we are talking about here is how do you access this funding? Uh, my belief is that you know, there is funding that is available across the country, either in banks or in GFIs like ourselves. But it's a matter of how do you access that funds. You need to make sure that you have got the necessary uh, bankable uh, business proposition so that uh, financiers like ourselves can be able to provide access to funds. So for Daniel, uh, he needs to make sure that at least his business uh, is sustainable. He needs to be supported not only providing the funding only, but need to be able to get the post-funding support, which I believe is crucial for this uh, small business. Do you provide that support? Do you provide that we provide support? Both, we do provide both uh, finance as well as support. Uh, for instance, uh, we have the uh, understanding that small business do have uh, a challenge in terms of uh, producing as simple as uh, management accounts, uh, financial information. We have uh, entered into a partnership with the South African Institute of uh, Chartered Accountants, CIFA, where we have got a, we have our branch in Brampton Chain, where small businesses that have a challenge in terms of producing management accounts, as well as financial, they can be assisted by South African Institute of Chartered Accountants graduates. Because we believe that this is one of the challenges, because when you have provided funding, you need to be able to know how these entities are doing. Uh, and the only way you can be able to know is the financial information that has to be brought to you on a regular basis. So our partnership with PICA will be able to go a long way to ensure that uh, we uh, see how we monitor and uh, evaluate how these entities are, are doing. And uh, not only the relationship that we have, we also engage with our sister agency. You might know about uh, CIDA, Small Enterprise Development Agency, which provides both uh, pre- and, uh, and post-support. So I believe strongly that... Uh, you can't only provide uh, finance without really measuring this institution. Give us a call today if you need some help starting your small business, or perhaps you've already started it, but you need some advice, support. Are you struggling for money? Is that still a problem? Uh, are you feeling that uh, you need to be politically connected before you can deal with uh, deal with business, deal with uh, the big businesses out there? Are you receiving some yeah. support from them as well? Give us a call today, 891 uh, Send us an SMS on 34701. Dr. Mizwai, in, in your piece uh, from just a couple of days ago in the Business Day, you said uh, you described this, this picture of, of business or certain constituencies behaving like a monkey, trying to escape with the nuts, that, but their hand is stuck in the jar. Can, can you just describe that picture again and, and what you, you meant in terms of how big business operates in this sense? Well, all I said that, I said that uh, uh, we have had an exclusivist an exclusivist economy for all the years. And what then happened was that in, from 1994, instead of broadening the economy and removing uh, some of the impediments, uh, the barriers to people becoming uh, entrepreneurs, 
and some of them are, are, are internal, are endogenous to the system. We simply co-opted some blacks into those hallowed portals. And as a result, we did not achieve our objectives of broadening the economy. And that is fairly evident. That's why the DA will talk of broad, real broad-based empowerment. That's why the ANC is now uh, aggressively going towards a much more inclusive uh, small business uh, strategy than the one that was evident than the one of the past. So this is a recognition to the fact that there are certain elements within the indigenous to our environment that constrain the development of uh, small businesses. And this is what I, I argue that we should, uh, um, that we should uh, address because we can come with new interventions, but if at all we don't deal with the elephant in the room, then obviously we are just, for instance, Somebody mentioned the question of labor. Labor is a big problem in terms of uh, the development of uh, small business. But there are also certain regulations that are made by big business that do not grow, that are very, that constrain small businesses because even the OECD made the point that ours is a very highly concentrated economy, an economy controlled by a few big players. And these few big players do everything that is possible to keep their small men out and really rather have their vertical and horizontal linkages which give them control of specific markets. Let's stop right there because that's a very important point. Let's stop it there because we're joined on the line by uh, Eugenia Kula, who's the chair of the Black Women Organization of South Africa. Uh, Ms. Kula, good morning. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard what Dr. Mazwai was saying there, but in order order to work in this economy, it seems as though you need to be well-connected. I mean, is that the experience of your members? I think I've been saying, yes, I didn't know. Yeah, I'll say yes and then no. Maybe let me just give, give a quick background. Mm-hmm. Because I have both schools of thought. My mother who raised me was an entrepreneur with no metric. And she trained us to be entrepreneurs from an early age. So this apartheid, there was no financial support, but she raised enough money to send a kid to school and education. So I'll give you later on the critical success factor for any business. Later on, I studied, I've studied, you know, MBA in strategy and, and entrepreneurship. It's true that you do need a certain level of education. Mm-hmm. But then, why should I? I'm kind of a technical person. I need to run a plumbing shop. Do I have to go and do this? You know. So we have a model that we think as Bolivian organization works. That we support each other. You come with an idea. I can both go through. They are entrepreneurs. They are entrepreneurial managers. There are people who are supposed to maintain operations. People who have ideas, I've seen many of them. I coach many of them. They say, I'll do this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. But translate that into a business plan. Do your cash flow projections to be able to meet the requirements of the banking, of the banks and other funding institutions. It becomes difficult for them. Hence, now we have a model that says, you come with your idea, we will support you. Or before you even come with an idea, come and hear. What is out there? We have empowerment sessions like this Saturday. We have one business breakfast where you get empowered. People get frustrated because they don't know exactly what is needed by company ABC. Get to know. Let's share the information. 
I love what my knowledge manager friend says. Information, when shared, is power. We tend to say information is power. There's information everywhere. But when it's shared, they're able to ask questions and say, oh, okay, this is how this company wants does their procurement system. So we have that. And I'll get to critical success factors. There's no doubt. That well, well, uh, Eugenia, just hold it there. We'll get to those critical success factors because we're going to keep you on the line till till nine o'clock till the end of the show. Yeah, but let's let's introduce. Uh, we've got some callers that are coming through. Mabuti calls in from Cape Town, I think it is, and then John in Durban. After that, Mabuti, good morning. Hi, good morning, uh, Hi, good morning. Uh, thanks for the uh, uh, nice show. Oh, um, I will uh, start by saying I'm also uh, an entrepreneur. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I own a business, but I don't want to disclose it on air uh, what type of business that I'm currently running. But it is an uh, an IT company. Okay, why, why are you afraid, Mabuti? Just, just b- before you before you continue, Mabuti, why, why don't you want to tell us? No, I just want to uh, elaborate on the challenges okay. that the, right. uh, small businesses are actually facing. You understand, including myself. Now I've got this company, okay, which I established in 2010. Okay, now there's just too much red tape when it comes to small businesses such as funding funding is one of them mm-hmm. uh in my case we understand we've, we've got a business where i've also got my partner the biggest challenge that we have is the cash flow first and foremost when we started this business you understand when we approached one of the government agencies then which which was red dome they couldn't believe on our concept you understand they couldn't believe on what we wanted to do they looked at the business plan and said, this is not viable, you understand? Whereas we, ourselves, I'm qualified, you understand? And my partner is also qualified in the business industry. But now, um, when it comes to uh, uh, funding, when you look for funding on these government agencies, the problem that one finds is that the people or the credit manager who, look at, who looks at your application themselves, you find those people, they are not well trained to actually be able to assess the financials. You understand? The moment, I'll give an example. For instance, my business, when I started my business, I couldn't get any funding. As a result, we used our own funds, meaning that when we started the business, we were already uh, uh, on the backlog in the sense that we had a shortage of funding or running this business. As a result, come 2013, our business had a loss on the financials. However, if one looks at their financials, you could see that both partners, they invested money into the business, meaning that mm-hmm. we loaned money from our pockets to the business. Therefore, it means that even though the business had losses, however, one can, sub- can subordinate those losses you understand, to the business, meaning that that actually technically uh, restore the solvency. But now, if you're talking that language to the credit manager or the person who's looking at your application, they simply doesn't understand that. Okay, Mabuti, let's leave it there with you. Th- th- thank you very much. Said, well, the business is actually at a loss. Therefore, we cannot actually invest into this business. Okay, Mabuti, we hear your point there. Mabuti, thanks for that call. John, I'm going to ask you to be very brief so we can uh, refer these back to our guest. John in Durban, good well, morning. For these youngsters, I've been yeah. an entrepreneur since 1980. I, I have the oldest uh, uh, preschool centers in Kempton Park. Happy days with unchanged ownership since 1987. Uh, I started with nothing. I was working 18 hours a day. I am white. I did get an education. However, it was only a matric. I was left nothing by my father. I started with nothing in my pocket. When I went to the SPDC, they said to me, my business had six months uh, viability, and then it would fold. Four years later, when I was in expansion phase, I went back to them. The answer, my business had six months 
uh, viability. That was 30 years ago. Um, they don't put determination and sheer guts on, on that thing. But I want to say to an entrepreneur, anyone, it's, entrepreneur is not somebody that is forced into business because of their financial circumstances. I risk everything. I risk my houses, uh, everything. In fact, I lost five houses at one stage, and I had to start from scratch again. The risk is amazing. Uh, 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 but And you take, you're the last one to take salary. Uh, you live off scripts. Uh, because you have to see to the staff, etc. first. Mm-hmm. So don't look for funding. Look for a good idea. Put your guts in there, and if necessary, do what I do. Work 18 hours a day uh, to, to keep a job while you start your business. Uh, that's the only way it's going to work. John, great calls. Thanks so much, uh, both to John and Mabuti, who called in in uh, Durban there. Well, let's. we've also got on the line now the uh, acting CEO of CEDA, Sipo Zikode. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Dasha. As you heard, a lot of people saying out there that, uh, you know, they're getting questions about the viability of their business, and, and those who should be giving them the money are rather pessimistic. Uh, they're asking for justification of whether they can really see their business out, the, the viability, the longevity of their business. Uh, are you, do you have a problem trusting the public or those who, who apply for money in, in that they will be able to deliver on their promises? Look, I, I think the institutions of government and also the private sector that supplies um, the services to SMEs must work together so that we solve this problem. Um, uh, organizations like say that they must provide the non-financial support, you know, starting from the startup phase, uh, assisting the SMEs to develop business plans, bankable business plans, so that um, when the, the SMEs go to Funding institutions, um, and, and they are able to access funding because, the, like my colleague from FIFA um, <coughs> said, you know, most of these applications are not bankable, and um, you find that uh, they still have to do a lot of work to to, to make uh, the application itself to be at the level where it could be supported. Why can't you help them do that? Because here are people like John, for example, who says he's very hardworking. We've had others in the, you know, earlier on. Daniel, who says he's a, he's a risk taker. He's prepared to do it. But if business and big business and those who are supposed to be supporting them are so pessimistic and not willing to help them get a leg up, fix their yeah. ideas, make them unique, aren't you doing that, Mr. Zikode? Well, remember now, you, 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 you know, we are, we are serving almost 50 million people, and um, the infrastructure, he says, is not enough. Yes, there could be people like John um, who, who never were assisted by these institutions of government. But institutions like CEDA, you know, we have branches all, all over the country. We are trying really to increase our footprint so that we reach as many people as possible. But yes, like I, I said, we need to work like a joined-up government um, you know, where the non-financial and financial institutions work together so that, uh, you know, we, we, we open this access to finance, access to markets, access to, um, to, to, to foreign markets that uh, is not yet available to many of our people. Um, but that we can do when we work together. Sipo Zikode, thank you for joining us on the line, acting CEO of CEDA. Let's start wrapping up with our guests. Uh, we don't have a lot of time, so I'm just going to give them a very brief opportunity to wrap up. Uh, some of their closing thoughts, things that they want to leave us with, a message on where to get money, support that you can get, whatever they'd like to tell you, just a closing comment. We'll start with uh, Eugenia Kula, the chair of the Black Women's Organization. Eugenia, your closing thoughts for us. Hi, Eugenia. 
Okay, we seem to have lost her line. We'll try. Let's uh, let's go to Jonathan Marks then from Gibbs. Mr. Uh, Dr. Marks, your uh, your closing thoughts for us? Um, I just I want to make two thoughts. Yeah. Um, the the first point is that I think for this to work, we need an ecosystem that supports small medium enterprise. I don't think it's an isolated solution. So the last speaker from Cedar spoke about working together. I think that's absolutely essential. And then the fact that um, I just want to reiterate the point that good ideas always find money. So money tends to, to follow when it, once you have a good idea. Takani Makuba from uh, SIFA. Yeah, my closing point is that uh, there is funding available for small businesses, but I think the matter of how these small businesses access this funding. I think it's crucial, the issue of information. I mean, uh, the information, uh, information is, the, is the key for people to be aware where they can be able to, to get that funding. And I believe strongly that uh, the DSIs are, are here to try to address the gap uh, in the market where there's uh, difficulty to access uh, funding from mainstream commercial banks in terms of trying to have a, a higher appetite for, for risk to small businesses. So my take is there is uh, funding available. I do not believe that uh, really the small businesses are gasping for oxygen. But it's a matter of saying how can we be able to get oxygen, which is access to finance and awareness from uh, small businesses that are available out there in terms of funding perspective. Mr. Makuba, just before you go, uh, could you give us a, a brief list of places we can go to find money apart from you? Who, who else can we look to? I mean, you can be able to go and uh, obtain funding from institutions such as the, the IDC, uh, Industrial Development Corporation. There are also provincial development finance institutions. Uh, the DBSA has got a jobs fund, for example, for development. You can be able to access funding from the from the DBSA's uh, jobs fund, uh, as well as, uh, as I indicated, the, the GFI in the in, 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 in the provinces. So there are such a number of um, of those uh, agencies that are available to, to provide uh, funding uh, apart from uh, from CIFA. Takani Makuba, thanks very much for joining us, CEO of the Small Enterprise Finance Agency. Dr. Mazwai, is funding only enough? No, no. Uh, my uh, uh, take is that uh, we'd have greater small business success if at all we dealt with uh, address the constraints within the, the the issues in the environment that constrain the growth of small business. There's no point in having thousands of thousands of people start small businesses every year and then these small businesses collapse after a year or two. Let us find out what are the causes of this collapse. It could be funding, but there are also other uh, sectors. And it's only then that that we can then, I mean, uh, uh, say that we've got we've, we've had greater success when there are more small businesses that graduate into higher levels of of, of turnover and staff. Thank you very much, Dr. Tami Mazwai, Executive Chairman of MTIA Dynamics. He's also the former Director of the Center for Small Business Development at UJ. Thank you very much for your SMSs, your calls, your Facebook comments, and your tweets this morning. We'll chat with you again 6 to 9 a.m. tomorrow morning and throughout the week, so do, ta- do tune in. Next up, Morning Talk with Rowena Bird and your, eight o'clock, your 9 o'clock news bulletin with Fabakshini Chatty. Stay tuned.